Welcome back to This Film Not Rated, a branch of the Drive-In Podcast Network. I'm Eric. And I am Curtis. And we're here to not rate, or try not to rate, a movie we watched this week. And we're excited to dip back into a franchise that we've talked about (laughs) on this podcast before Mm -hmm. you could see our faces. (laughs) And I think we're really excited. Curtis, uh, today you're in the gauntlet. What movie are we talking about? Today we're talking about Evil Dead Rise Directed by, oh, what's his name? Cohen. I forget his first name. Cronin. Lee Cronin. Uh, Yes, Lee Cronin. He's done one other movie before this one, theatrically, called uh, Hole in the Ground. Evil Dead Rise is basically what you would expect from any other uh, Evil Dead movie, with the caveat of instead of taking place in a cabin in, in the woods, it takes place in a rundown apartment in the middle of a big city. Other than that, it's straight Evil Dead. Almost to the point of being, well, that's an opinion. We don't get into opinions on this. We get into subjective, we get into objective facts. <laughs> objective facts. And we facts. only speak the truth until Curtis loses. Then we get to tell, tell our opinions. <laughs> so, uh, Curtis, are you ready to go into the gauntlet of questions that you must answer objectively in order to win a piece of movie memorabilia, even if it's the cheapest version? I'm ready to fail that uh, gauntlet because I'm pretty sure I'm going to fail this. So, question number one: Is the movie good or bad? Is the movie good or bad? Is that? This is why I say I'm gonna fail. It's a good movie. Curtis, you really want to go out? I don't think I can be objective with this movie, like at all. Well, the no. polls agreed with you. The Rotten <laughs> Tomatoes score stated that uh, this movie has overall been received positively. Um, out of 182. Uh, reviews 84% gave it a positive rather than a negative rating mm-hmm. with a the grain of salt being that their average rating was 7.2 so it's an 84% but the average rating of this movie is a 7.2 out of 10 so kind of just over the threshold into mm-hmm. passing which mm-hmm. means you have to answer question two what was the point of the story oh god you have to throw that at me okay so Outside of the Evil Dead form, uh, formula, from what I've seen, this is a movie about motherhood. Actually, yeah, it's just a story about motherhood. Uh, you get to see, uh, in, in, in a very demented sense, what a bad mother could be in the form of Alyssa Sutherland when she is possessed by the Evil Dead as opposed to someone who is unsure and contemplating the idea of motherhood in Lily Sullivan's uh, role. It like the entire plot revolves around motherhood and uh, what it takes to be a good one. This is a good answer, as anybody's. So, question number three. Give me the best quote from the movie. Oh, Do I have a best quote? Because the one that jumps to mind is everyone in this apartment will, will will be dead by dawn, but I don't want to include that one because it's basically referencing the line from Evil Dead 2. Then there's the campy lines. 
that that uh, you could pick from. There's a slew of them. I can't remember any of them right now, except for Mommy's with the Maggots now, because uh, that's in the trailers, and I've seen that trailer a thousand times. I can't think of a line. I'm going to use my I don't know. Okay. Who's the best actor in the movie? <sighs> because of all the uh, stunt work involved and all the hell that she would have had to go through in order to pull off the performance that, that she does, I have to go with Alicia Sutherland. With wrong, wrong, deadite that possessed her. Sorry, go on with what you were saying though, because I, I agree. I think that's the 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 most taxing performance someone had to do, and I think she pulls off uh, the deadite form of it like astonishingly well. The part that 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 uh, that I'm referencing specifically when I'm talking about the acrobatics that 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 she has to go with is when you have that uh, stunt shot where she's falling upward from the tub and grabbing onto all sides. And, and her hair is still hanging down. Yeah. I cannot see the seams in this movie. It's inc- like it, it, it's 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 been touted by Sam Raimi, by Lee Cronin, by by Bruce Campbell. I think from a lot of people in, involved that this movie is solely practical effects and only using did and, and only using digital to touch up everything. And with that, like there there are some parts where I'm I'm drawing a question mark on that. And it's it's like little things like the fly crawling on on the eyeball of, of of the dead Alyssa Sutherland. I'll tell you what, she didn't have to hold her eye there for long, and they do have a like cream thing, like like a like a a resi- something you can put mm. on yourself that attracts flies. You just go up, you touch her eye, you get off camera as quick as possible, and you just wait for a one fly to land. And then she blinks it away, and then, you know, like, it, it yeah. only takes one moment. Sure. But, like, uh, it's, but like again, like, I, I talked about this last time with, with the D&D movie, and I'm going to start sounding like, like like a broken record, but this is another movie that, that kind of exemplifies why I love practical effects in, in film. Uh, even, like, combined with lighting specifically with this one, especially at the end with the amalgamation creature crawling in the dark so you really can't see all the twists and turns that... Yeah, that that are going on, it's hidden, fair, uh, fair, fairly well, so it's easy to do that practically. I don't, I don't know what the budget on this was like. I can't imagine it was very big for the franchise the way that it is. But I, I know that that creature, you know, involved multiple actors being sit comfortably in a suit together in different angles and frames. So I feel like there's a bunch of different versions of that suit. Yeah, that how holds them. Like I. It is astonishing the the mm-hmm. level of work that goes into it and the how much you cannot how much there is in this movie being like how did they do that? Yes. As as far as the budget goes, I did look look this up just before coming on. Has a, this this movie has a budget of 15 million. I think about the same as Halloween 2018. And That's a, insane. a lot of that budget went towards the buckets and buckets and tons of blood that are just poured all over the actors in this movie. Okay, so like, so why'd you go see this, Curtis? Um, I'm I'm a, a a big fan of the Evil Dead movies. Uh, I'm not. You're not, not really. Okay, <laughs> it's all smoke and mirrors. Uh, the trailer specifically is what got me really in uh, interested with uh, just the initial shot of the mom walking in with the flame, just throwing the eggs into the pan. Giving this really grotesque view of a of a dysfunctional family, 
and then them playing on those themes very well in the trailer and me wondering how well they're gonna show that in the actual movie and i i gotta say i wasn't i wasn't disappointed um going into this i just expected uh like a couple of deadites to attack a family someone to survive and because of a poster someone got a chainsaw at some point that's all i expected Mm -hmm. i didn't expect to be genuinely disturbed and Mm. not by the gore but by the the scene in particular Mm -hmm. where the uh oldest daughter is eating a wine glass Mm. (laughs) the way that she's talking and just that idea of like trying like i'm using the glass as a tool on purpose to do what i'm doing and like that swallowing effect and everything about it the deadites are always these sadistic bastards who are are trying to perverse some form of functioning like Mm -hmm. like uh in evil dead 2 all the way back in evil dead 2 ash's girlfriend is going to Dance topless at the twilight with no head on in a stop motion way. Like how pretty and ballerina I am as a corpse. Yeah. You know, like it's, there's always some edge of like making fun of humans for being human. Yeah. And they did a really great job of writing that into the mother child relationships in this. Mm-hmm. The problem is ev for me, like with that is everything else about the characters these, these are people who are about to lose their home and have no home to go to. Yeah. I We don't we don't know who their friends are. We don't know, you know, we know some, a little bit about the relationship with their father, who's like completely out of the picture. Yeah. We don't know how each of the kids feels about that, how close they were, how whatever it is. Yeah. We don't know, we know so nothing <laughs> about the people yeah, they, they rely a lot on building the, the connection with the family on that initial scene where uh, you get, like, little snippets of what they're doing throughout the house. Like, you get the, in, like, with the tattoo gun, you you know the mom's a ta- tattoo artist, the kids are kind of doing their own thing, you get the sense that it's a, kind of like a free-flowing family, uh, but not much else from that. It's just with those few shots, you get the sense that the family is very close-knit. Yeah, it just seems like everybody's on the same page with one another and, like, working as a unit. And that, mm-hmm. see, that to me feels like, uh, if, if played into the right way, that could have offered a lot of, like, mixed emotions with one of them turning. Yeah. But instead, like, the eldest daughter turns off screen and, you know, it, it, there's just so many choices where I think there was opportunity for emotion in what was going on that was that was maybe missed. But I can't say I'm disappointed because yeah. I was genuinely freaked out. I, you know, it, it rode the line like the Deadites were. Everything that that could be there was there. I, I thought the eyeball thing was a little bit weird and out of place <laughs> for the tone of the rest of the thing. But, yeah. of course, there's something to me, like, that feels so hopeless about Deadites as a creature. Yeah. That they're very interesting because they're so, like... It's like a zombie that wants to torture you until you want to die. Yeah, kind and, of. And it cannot be killed the way zombies can normally be killed. Yeah. So it, I really wish they would come up with some rules that fit that tone of despair. Uh-huh. Like, like I'm, I'm thinking of something like a pound of flesh 
you know, for for your soul, you right. know? Like, it's gross. I feel bad for, like, digging into, like, you know, horrible things. And, like, it's awful. But it's just... I don't feel like the climax they go to where everything is big and bloody and splashy does justice to the tra- the type of tragedy that's happening to the characters in the movies. Right. Uh, it has a tonal clash. And I, I don't think I've seen that tonal clash really... I, I, I would say since Evil Dead 1, where it tries to be genuinely horrific and it goes over the top at the very end with all its gore effects and its disgusting things to the point where it does become comedic and that's kind of what happens here there was some nervous laughter yeah i think the genius of 2013's evil dead Mm -hmm. is that it puts the actors and the characters through so much pain and torture Mm -hmm. that there's catharsis in that the girl that was initially the girl that has been through the worst of it and literally had to die and come back to life to beat the deadite in her yeah then has to face that creature externally. Mm-hmm. And so then there is almost nothing more satisfying than the chainsaw coming into play because that creature needs to be split into bits so that it can't be functioning anymore. Right. This movie was was very patient and biting and then just suddenly has an explosion at the end. Yeah. Yeah. But 100%, Alyssa Sutherland, <sighs> uncannily effective. Yeah. She is, she is so good. And there's a, it's immediately iconic from the first preview image they gave of her looking through that window and smiling. Yeah. Like, she is immediately an icon of the series. Like, I think she's spectacular. When she's alone and when she's a deadite. I mm-hmm. I got a really strong impression that I was watching a recorded stage play when the ant first showed up in their house. Hmm. Okay. Like on a on a stage, yeah. it's not realistic. You don't turn your back on the audience. Right. So that's why characters so often talk to each other like this. There's someone sitting next to them that they're supposed to and they speak to the audience and they project and they Get a little bit louder and, you know, do this whole thing. Yeah. And, and, and it's it's just so weird. Like, she's being avoidant and whatnot. And, like, I, it makes sense. It works. There, It's it's fine for what it is. Yeah. But the beginning of the movie asks you to, to kind of get shaken around a little bit. They mm-hmm. do, like, a cold open. And they go back to the day before to show you how they get to that cold open. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're in, like, a punk bathroom where a girl's learning she's <laughs> pregnant. And mm-hmm. it's like, how many times in a movie have you seen someone in a bathroom telling someone on the door to go away, mm-hmm. and then who seems depressed that it's a positive pregnancy test? Yeah. That scene is in at least 100 movies that are popular. Yeah. It starts with that, and then you go back, and now you're supposed to meet the family, and this is the introduction of the actual movie. Yeah. And then to have it be so much just... We're going to deliver it in this weird way. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell where I was supposed to settle, what I was supposed to be feeling. I don't know. Okay. The cold open had me a little bit com- com- confused, but uh, with but that, that uh, scalp ripping scene that uh, was the first major... Yeah, for positives, what are your top three, like, effects in the movie? Well, one would probably be the one that, that, I, that I just mentioned. It's the first major... Like ooh that 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 my theater got in the uh, the first time. Uh, I I absolutely adore the uh, 
the elevator shot where they're drowning it in, in blood and it coalesces into basically a reference to The Shining with the elevator bursting open with blood. Um, yeah, but then the other one that the one that I already mentioned is is the reverse falling bathtub shot. Yeah, I absolutely love that 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 one. I was a fan of the cheese grater. That was good. Uh, cheese grater, the the neck tightening, like the the believably swallowing a glass shard and mm-hmm. working that through muscles, um, and uh, all of the work that they did with a creature that could have been ludicrously silly and easily gone into the old style of camp. Yeah. Um, I almost kind of wish I could see a campier version of it, but uh, to me, uh, that's kind of a a reference to the thing. Mm-hmm. Um. It was it was neat, kind of funneling the threat into this one relentless sort of thing. Yeah, to give it like a streamlined ending, that was kind of cool. Yeah, they they did something similar in uh, the twenty thirteen e- Evil Dead, uh, where the book is kind of giving you flashes of what's to come, and whenever that thing is about to come, in this one, it f- flips to that page to show you what's yeah. happening. Well, it's just, people are talking about a theory, um, but this was on the Red Letter Media thing, too, uh, that in Army of Darkness there were three books. Yeah. And so, like, this one book, two book, and now we're looking at a third book. It was yeah. interesting that Evil Dead did the exact same thing, where originally they had the creature that's, like, raising their arm up out of the ground that's mm-hmm. foreshadowed in images in the book. Um, the, the face cutting and all those things that all these individuals are doing are steps that lead up to like a ritual that leads up to the, the coming of this creature. Yeah. And in this one, they keep foreshadowing that there's going to be this big creature. And it's like the pieces are being formed by creating more deadites. Yeah. But that's all going like in 2013, it would have been all the deadites and the big creature. Mm-hmm. And this one it's designed for them to sort of, yeah. You know, transform and roll out, you know. <laughs> so. I think this movie did what the what the director wanted it to, which is just he he wanted people puking in in the theater, which when this movie started when I was seeing it in in theaters this, there was this group of girls, fair, fair fairly young sitting uh, next to me just talking. And after a while, I don't remember when, but they stopped. And once the movie ended, I turned to my side and they were gone. I think at some point they left the theater. I mean, cool. Like, I, I, it is. It's extremely effective. And I was talking with uh, Matthew Fox, who uh, over at the This Week of the Movies like podcast, you can mm-hmm. hear me talk about this more, about how this isn't a movie that revels in the gore that it's showing. Right. It shows you just enough to prove that the gore is happening mm-hmm. and then focuses on the effects of the injuries and stuff. So the, the comparison I made is in this is a movie that takes a, a tattooing needle and puts it this close to somebody's eyeball mm-hmm. and then moves away and then the hand is in the way of where it's actually jabbing. Yeah. Okay? Whereas 2013 is the movie where the person finds the needle in their eye and slowly pulls it out. Yeah, that's that's right. I feel like they, they get, they're getting what people are striving for with having your cake and eating it too with special effects where mm-hmm. they're leaving... Just enough to your imagination to make what they are actually doing seem way worse. Right. And it's pretty cool. It's it's a bloodbath. This is definitely for people who are already a fan of this sort of thing. <laughs> yes. This is there are so many there's like just 
Just go see Mario or just wait a week if you don't want to be like blood soaked and laughing about it because that is the that is the point of this and that's why I would see it again. So what mm-hmm. about you? Evil Dead, especially from from what Bruce Campbell says, is uh, if if you've ever worked on one, it's going to be one of the hardest, dirtiest, uh, messiest films that 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 you're ever going to work 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 on, and this one fills that uh, role pretty damn well. Uh, there's not a single e- Evil Dead movie that I've seen that I didn't like, except for 2013 at first, and then on a rewatch after seeing the other ones and understanding the humor of the Evil Dead better. Definitely like liked it a lot better on my second round, but yeah. Uh, and you still get that sort of like dark macabre humor. It's definitely downplayed, and it's meant to be like nervous chuckling laugh, laugh, laugh laughter, except for maybe the eyeball scene where it she chews it up. Yeah, it never gives you permission. It only rarely does it ever give you mm-hmm. permission to laugh at what's happening. Yeah, which is just... a li- yeah, which is a little bit different from the other movies. Uh, and I and that that's one reason why I, why I would go go back to it for the practical effects and that uneasy sense of humor that you're not that you're meant to laugh at, but you're not meant to enjoy laughing. At. Any closing thoughts? Okay. Um. If you're a fan of the Evil Dead franchise, uh, go watch it. I don't think you're going to be disappointed with this movie. And thank you for watching this. I'm Eric. You can find me at High Contrast FLM on Twitter and pretty much anywhere. And I am Curtis. You can find me uh, on Twitter at uh, TalkAnimeGA and on Twitch at Merrick Entertainment. And remember, we're a branch of the Drive-In Podcast Network, and you go to themusiccitydrivein.com to check out some of their content and everything. So thank you all for watching, and we'll see you 